The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. Just a reminder about the Mental Health Extravaganza, a huge online event, which will be a combination of live workshops on Saturdays throughout May, but also there'll be exclusive content interviews, pre-recorded monologues, testimonials, games, fitness sessions, and much, much more. It's completely free, no strings attached. However, if you'd like to make a small donation, it's much appreciated. Topics include living with bipolar disorder, mental health for trailblazers, the gym is my therapy, music to promote love, connection between mental illness and mental health, Uh, responsibility to proactively manage mental health, suicide awareness, resilience towards social norms, normalizing personal wellness, simple ways to promote emotional well-being, how to advocate for mental health, effects of the military on mental health. Uh, Now for the live workshops, topics are presence, how to let go of overwhelm, connection, Build genuine relations, play, turn emptiness into excitement, and self-kindness, expand your growth journey. So please check it out. It's an awful lot to be free, but it is free. And I'll put the Eventbrite link in the show notes. I believe you do have to register. So I've been uh, monitoring online health support groups for 10 plus years. And from time to time, someone will post about how their health issues cause them stress, which I have no doubt. Uh, But it is interesting that while I focus on how stress affects your health and indirectly your productivity and overall performance, their focus is on how their health issues cause stress. And in the same spirit, they vow to fight and beat this thing, whatever the health issue is. Like it's some entity that's working against you, playing havoc with your health and causing you stress. But it's not some foreign substance invading your body in most cases, at least not with autoimmune disorders or or most other stress-related health issues. To me, it's your body talking to you. The diagnosis simply puts a name to what your body is telling you. So I see it as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and own it, not fight it per se. And for the same reason, I don't like the term disorder uh, when it comes to stress-related chronic health issues because it insinuates that our bodies are made to withstand high levels of stress. And if it can't, well, that's dysfunctional and it needs to be treated and a cure needs to be found. And I'm not saying that doctors actually believe this, but I think the term disorder perpetuates this idea that there's something wrong with how our bodies operate and calling that the disorder versus maybe something with our lifestyle. 
And I realize there's a very specific medical definition of the word disorder. I get that. But anyway, I digress. The point is that some folks choose to focus on the health condition itself and seeking support for enduring through the pain, discomfort, inconvenience, and the stress that that causes. And I don't mean to be insensitive. I know firsthand how painful and debilitating a disease can be. Fortunately for me, I was able to identify the trigger and take effective steps to avoid triggering flares. But for some folks, uh, due to their circumstances and severity of their health issues, it may not be that easy. And I understand that. And of course, not every case can be attributed to stress. Even if that particular health issue is known to be related to stress, stress may not have anything to do with it in every case. So I just wanted to point that out because personally, my opinion is it's more productive to focus on stress as a possible trigger of health issues rather than focusing on the stress that you have as a result of living with said health issues. There's an article on UpJourney website entitled, Why Do I Wake Up Tired? And I'll put the link in the show notes. But one of the reasons it states for waking up tired is stress. And I quote, Stress may be the most common cause of nonspecific fatigue. Depression and or anxiety cause poor sleep. And it's easy to get into a vicious circle. Well, they say circle. I I don't know if they mean cycle. Uh, When you're too tired to do the things you need to do to address your problems. Not everyone knows they are depressed and many will deny it. There are questionnaires to assess depression, PHQ, and anxiety, GAD, which are available online, which give a measure of severity. Uh, Seasonal affective disorder, SAD, is common during the winter months. For stress, it is useful to be physically active and get outside to walk, run, or cycle. Eat well and maintain a healthy lifestyle. Alcohol is a depressant and not the answer to the problem. Doing the PHQ and GAD questionnaires will grade the severity of the problem. If your problems are in the mild to moderate category, you may benefit from discussion with friends or family. Cognitive behavior therapy courses can be done online. The more severe your problem, the more appropriate it is to seek professional help through your doctor who may consider tablet treatment or further referral. The seasonal affective disorder is helped by exposure to sunlight or light box treatment. So I'm done uh, reading now. So I have a few comments to make about this. Uh, First of all, the author, who's a medical doctor, equates stress with depression and anxiety. I would add to that list overworking as a source of stress, which there is also a vicious cycle of overworking, which triggers stress-related health issues. And the more frequent and severe your symptoms become, the more preoccupied or distracted you are dealing with that, rather than focusing on the very things that motivated you to work harder in the first place. That then makes you more anxious and you feel you have to work harder to stay on pace to reaching your goals. And while overworking and living with chronic stress is no fun, you may not be depressed at all. You could, in fact, be very determined and hopeful about the future uh, that you're working so hard for. 
Also, your sleep is probably suffering, but in the case of overworking, it might be more of a conscious decision to go to bed later and or wake up earlier. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing, certainly not ideal, and chronic stress monitoring helps you to be more aware of that. So, you see, there are different ways of looking at stress. The other significant thing I wanted to point out about this article is that there really is no substance on how to go about the behavioral changes themselves that are being suggested in the article. And that's where I think the real value lies. I mean, with all due respect, you'd have to be Helen Keller not to know that being physically active, eating well, and maintaining a healthy lifestyle is good for your stress level, right? And therefore, if your stress level is under control, then you'll probably get a good sleep. I mean, this doesn't come as news to you. So I think the real value is in offering suggestions for how to actually get into the habit of doing those proactive things. This is where the real pain point is for most folks. Not a lack of knowledge of what constitutes a healthy lifestyle. And that's why I spend so much time discussing this you know, on this podcast, as well as working on improving my own lifestyle. Don't forget, I'm, I'm no expert. I struggle uh, to do all these proactive things as well. But I talk about reactive stress management, specifically monitoring your chronic stress, as an easy step forward to becoming more proactive, while at the same time reducing frequency and severity of your symptoms, which in turn allows you to be more focused on your goals because you're no longer preoccupied with health issues. But also sustainability planning, which is a bridge between reactive and proactive, it puts you in a better position to be proactive and to stick to proactive habits. And then the process of changing your habits, which I employ the Tiny Habits Method by B.J. Fogg. So these are the things that, in my experience, have real value in helping someone with chronic stress to get some immediate relief while working towards being proactive. Of course, if you decide to take the questionnaires uh, cited in the article for depression and anxiety, as the doctor suggests, and it turns out that you are considered to have moderate to severe depression or anxiety, then by all means, consult with your doctor. Well, that's my two cents for this week. Uh, I really appreciate your feedback, so please don't be shy. You can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page or always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Well, that's it for this week. Wishing you good health and success. Stay safe, and thank you very much for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.